0: Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about peroneus brevis tendinitis and what runners can do about it. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running, even if you've been injured. Now, before we get started, I want to mention that at the bottom of the show notes for this particular episode, I've added a video that will show you how to decrease the stress and strain on the perineus brevis tendon just by running on the right side of the road. The first question to ask yourself when you have peroneus brevis tendinitis is what's your biggest fear? Are you afraid you won't run again? Are you afraid that you're going to have to take so much time off that you're going to miss your next race? Are you afraid you're going to lose all your fitness while you sit around waiting for this thing to heal? What is it? If you can figure out what your biggest concern is, you can figure out a way to work around it. If you understand how peroneus brevis tendonitis begins, you will be better equipped to develop strategies to heal, maintain your fitness, and continue running. In the earlier episodes, we explained that peroneal tendinitis is just inflammation of one of two tendons on the outside of your ankle, peroneus brevis and peroneus longus. In most runners, these are overuse injuries. Although they have similar names and they're both in a similar location, they each have very different functions when you run. In the simplest terms, they work together to act as your landing gear when your foot hits the ground and you decelerate. They both stabilize your foot, but these two tendons stabilize your foot in very different ways. In this episode, we're going to focus specifically on the perineus brevis tendon, how it works, how it becomes inflamed, and what you can do to make sure that you calm it down. We'll also discuss how you can strengthen the perineus brevis so it doesn't become a problem again that could disrupt your running in the future. Now just to review the perineal tendon anatomy, there are two perineal tendons on the outside of your ankle. They curve down behind the back of the fibula bone and head out to the foot. When they go around that curve behind the fibula bone, there's a lot of friction. To reduce that friction, the two tendons are surrounded by a tendon sheath. Once the two perineal tendons exit that tendon sheath, they separate and change direction. If you look down at your foot, there's a bump on the outside of your foot halfway between your little toe joint and your heel. That bump is the base of the fifth metatarsal bone. Doctors call that bump of bone the styloid process. The peroneus brevis tendon attaches to that bump of bone on the 5th metatarsal. The peroneus brevis tendon attaches to that bump at the base of the 5th metatarsal bone. Now if you're standing up and you look down at your feet, one thing you notice about that bump is that it's the furthest point on the outside of the midfoot. So that provides a lot of leverage for a tendon to pull and stabilize your foot. The peroneus brevis tendon is that stabilizer. Now, if you're somewhere where you can stand up, I want you to do this. I want you to stand up and put your feet together. Look down at your feet and lift your little toe joints up off the ground. You'll immediately notice that bump of bone, the styloid process, lifts up away from the ground. You'll probably also notice that motion pushes the inside of your ankle joints together. When you do this, if you look at the outside of your ankle joint, you may notice a tendon both stringing and protruding underneath the skin, just at the back of the fibula bone on the outside of your ankle. That protruding tendon is the peroneus brevis tendon. So what causes peroneus brevis tendonitis in runners? Well, peroneal tendonitis is inflammation within the tendon itself. There are a couple of different ways runners strain the peroneus brevis tendon to cause the inflammation. The first way is by rolling the ankle. Even if it's only a minor sprain, you can set off a case of peroneus brevis tendonitis. Because the peroneus brevis tendon is the one that lifts up the outside of your foot off the ground as we demonstrated earlier, it is the only one capable of pulling your foot back underneath you when you start to roll your ankle. So if you're running on an uneven trail and your ankle starts to roll over, the peroneus brevis tendon can become strained when it tries to pull your foot back underneath you and prevent you from falling down. Believe it or not, This tendon can pull so hard it actually rips off the end of that bone. When that happens, you sustain what doctors call an avulsion fracture. An avulsion simply means to rip off. This actually happened to one of my friends recently when he was playing soccer with his kids. He started to roll his ankle in the grass and his peroneus brevis tendon fired so hard it actually ripped off the end of his fifth metatarsal bone. In most runners, they don't actually break the bone, but they can really irritate the tendon. More often than not, that irritation isn't truly the tendon, but it's the tendon sheath or the tube surrounding the tendons. And that's what we call tenosynovitis. And we covered that in an earlier discussion. Perineal tenosynovitis is simply inflammation of the sheath or the tube that surrounds the perineal tendons. Perineal tendonitis is inflammation within the tendon itself. Well, that may sound like a minor detail to you, but I can tell you there's a big difference in terms of treatment and recovery. All of the treatments that will help perineal tenosynovitis will also help perineal tendonitis, but perineal tendonitis is more serious. It just takes a lot longer to calm it down when you have tendonitis. The other way runners get inflammation and irritation of the peroneus brevis tendon is from overuse. Now, many doctors will tell you that running is overuse. I wholeheartedly disagree with this notion. When I think of overuse of the peroneus brevis tendon in runners, I just think about how too much force gets applied to that particular tendon. All an overuse injury is, is the circumstance in which you apply more stress to one particular anatomic structure than it can tolerate. You may be able to run five miles without irritating the tendon. You might be able to run 50 miles without irritating the tendon, but it's entirely possible that if you only ran five miles along a sloped surface, you would be stretching, stressing and straining the tendon to the point where it could become inflamed. That is an overuse injury. It's not the distance, it's the position of the foot, it's the stress and strain on the tendon. Now it can also be related to the fatigue of the muscle that attaches to the tendon. If you're running on an unstable surface, you are running on a slope surface or you are running in unstable shoes and your tendon has to fire repeatedly to stabilize your foot and keep it centered underneath you, eventually the muscle begins to fatigue. Now the muscle contracts and dynamically absorbs force. It distributes that force over a longer period of time and in that way decreases the load. But when the muscle fatigues, it can't contract dynamically and absorb the forces very well. So instead, the tendon starts to get shock-loaded. That shock-loading of the tendon can strain the tendon and result in tendonitis. If you run on loose sand, your foot will skate out from under you. Your peroneus brevis tendon has to work harder to keep your foot stable. If you run along a sloped surface, the downhill foot is everted, which is basically the medical term for leaning over or leaning outward in that position when you're about to roll your ankle. The peroneus brevis tendon is stretched out in that case. It has to work harder to keep you from rolling your ankle. If you run in unstable minimalist shoes or any shoes that are not preventing any of that twisting side to side motion, the peroneus brevis tendon has to provide that stability that is missing from the shoe. Now all of these are ways runners commonly put themselves at risk of overuse injuries to the peroneus brevis tendon. That overuse may not come from a single workout. It may be a series of workouts that you do. If you apply too much stress to the peroneus brevis tendon and then you stress it again before it is fully recovered from the previous workout, you get inflammation within the tendon. The tendons themselves are basically cables made up of collagen bundles. They don't have great blood flow. And they're very dense so when you get inflammatory fluid trapped within the tendon itself it takes a lot longer to get rid of it all right so what about self-treatment for peroneus brevis tendonitis this is the doc on the run podcast don't go anywhere we'll be right back what's a virtual doctor visit the idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing i really needed a second opinion from an expert someone who specializes in helping runners But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You will have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's gonna be on time. Two, he's gonna be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are gonna result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. All right, so what about self-treatment for perineus brevis tendonitis? Well, you have to remember that itis means inflammation. So tendonitis is basically just a problem of inflammation. The very first step is to decrease the inflammation. And we discussed all of that in the episode on perineal tenosynovitis. If you go to the show notes page for this particular episode, we'll have a link to take you directly there. Do everything that will decrease the inflammation for perineal tenosynovitis and will also start to help perineal tendonitis. Now after you start decreasing the inflammatory component of the problem, you also have to decrease the stress applied to the tendon itself. Decrease the amount of work the tendon has to do to stabilize your foot. Just think about the ways runners stress and strain the tendon and avoid them. You have to stabilize the foot to decrease the stress and strain to the peroneus brevis tendon if you want to get better. The most effective way to protect the tendon is with a cast. The second best way is a fractured walking boot. both of these commonly recommended treatments will completely stabilize the foot, the ankle, and decrease stress and strain in the peroneus brevis tendon by holding it completely still. Although a fracture walking boot or a cast will certainly protect the tendon, you don't always have to use something so drastic. If you walk around in stiff supportive hiking boots, you may be able to protect the tendons as much as if you're using a fracture walking boot. You could even try supportive lightweight hiking boots or even trail running shoes. The basic idea is you want to try to use something that is more supportive than the shoes you were wearing when you sustained the injury. You don't have to completely immobilize in most cases. You just want to make sure that you're using shoes supportive enough to calm the tendon down. Now one simple test you can use when trying to decide which shoes may help you the most is to check for what we call torsional stability. To check the shoe, all you have to do is hold it in both hands with your left hand around the heel and your right hand underneath the sole of the shoe under the toe box. Grip the shoe and then twist your hands in opposite directions. See how far you can bend and twist the sole of the shoe. If it's easy to twist the shoe out of shape, the shoe does not have much torsional stability. However, if it's fairly stiff and it's difficult to twist the sole of the shoe out of shape, you'll have a stable platform underneath your foot when you walk or run. Add additional stability with a shoe to reduce the amount of work your peroneus brevis tendon has to do to stabilize you. You can also tape the ankle for stability. If you actually apply a kinesio tape or athletic tape to the ankle, you can stabilize the foot. This is one of the oldest methods of reducing stress and strain to the ankle ligaments and the tendons that support the ankle, like the peroneus brevis tendon. You can also run on stable surfaces. Again. You have to remember, the name of the game is adding stability so that your tendon doesn't have to stabilize you. If you walk or run on unstable surfaces like sand, dirt, gravel, or grass, the tendon has to do more work. Run on flat, stable, predictable surfaces instead. Now believe it or not, running on one side of the street versus the other side of the street can make a big difference in increasing or decreasing the stress and strain on the peroneus brevis tendon. One of the most common causes of overuse of the tendon happens to runners who run in the road facing traffic. If you're running on the left side of the road facing the cars coming at you so you don't get run over by some idiot sending a text message, your left foot is basically downhill. The road slopes toward the gutter, so the slope of the road puts your left foot in a position that increases the stress, strain, and the stretch of the left peroneus brevis tendon. But the good news is if you simply switch sides of the road and you're running with your back to traffic, the road applies the opposite forces to your foot. So you can use the slope of the road to your advantage to decrease the stress applied to the peroneus brevis tendon when you're recovering. I'll make sure you check out the video I created and added at the bottom of the show notes page for this particular episode. It will show you exactly how running on the right side of the road can make a difference. And the next thing to think about is how to stay fit while you're healing. Just because your peroneus brevis tendon is injured doesn't mean you have to stop all activity. You just don't want to do any activity that aggravates the tendon. Many runners can ride on a recumbent exercise bike even when they're wearing a fracture walking boot. So you can still go to the gym and do other exercises. You can still do core work. You can probably swim. You may also be able to do a lot of deep water running. You might even be able to run on an Alter-G treadmill. The key is to try exercises and make sure it doesn't cause any discomfort. What I mean by that is that you can't have any soreness after the activity and it's probably not going to hurt while you're exercising. So how it feels when you're trying to exercise really doesn't make that much difference. You can't use that as a judge of whether or not it's actually going to be a good idea for you. What you have to do is you have to pick one exercise and try it. Maybe it's cycling. If so, go for a short bike ride, then wait and see how you feel that evening. If it's not sore the evening after you ride the bike, that's a good sign. If you wake up the next morning and you have no soreness at all, the perineus brevis tendon feels fine, you can safely assume it was safe to do that amount of exercise. Then you need to take a day off. Don't exercise on back-to-back days. Just repeat that same exercises, but go a little bit further. Keep experimenting, keep adding other exercises so you can maintain your running fitness. Try different exercises. Focus on what works. You will need to search for and discover the exercises that will keep you moving, keep your ankle pliable, and help you maintain as much fitness as possible if you really want to get back to running as quickly as possible. The next thing to talk about is imaging or an MRI, and runners often ask me about whether or not they should get an MRI. If you simply want to figure out whether or not you have inflammation within the tendon in the form of tendonitis or if you only have inflammation of the sheath around the tendon called tenosynovitis an mri can be extremely useful it does really help tell the difference between these two conditions if it's been there a while but with this particular tendon there are two reasons you may not want to get an mri the first thing you have to understand is that in the early stages of the problem there will probably be so much inflammation that it's very difficult to tell the true extent of the problem So, the radiologist may actually imply that your problem is worse than it really is. That can send you into an unnecessary state of frustration and despair. The second problem with an MRI is that the peroneus brevis tendon curves at an angle as it moves from your ankle into your foot. And there's an unfortunate apparition that can actually happen on an MRI that makes it look like there's a split or a tear in the tendon. In some cases, the tendon tear isn't really there. It just looks like it's there on the MRI. And one day I was giving a lecture at a medical conference and I was talking about how I believe the MRI can create this sort of fake tear in the tendon. And one of the most prominent foot and ankle surgeons in the entire country, who was the previous president of the American College of Foot and Ankle Surgeons actually shared a story. Story went like this. We had a patient who was having peroneus brevis tendon pain and the patient wasn't improving. We ordered an MRI and we could clearly see a longitudinal split, which is just a long tear in the perineus brevis tendon. Of course, we told the patient she had to have surgery. So there we were in the operating room. I was supervising a team of residents. We had made an incision. We dissected down to the perineal tendons. And after we opened up the tendon sheath and looked at the perineus brevis tendon, it was perfect. No tear, nothing. I just can't tell you how embarrassing it is to be standing with a team of surgical residents in the operating room, looking at a tendon with nothing wrong with it, realizing the MRI was wrong. I'm not going to suggest to you necessarily that you have to have two MRIs before you agree to surgery, but if anyone recommends surgery on your perineus brevis, you should definitely get a second opinion first. And the most important thing is to figure out whether or not you actually have perineal tendonitis or you have another condition that might be easier to treat, like perineal tenosynovitis. Try tenosynovitis treatments first. If you do all those treatments and you get better quickly, then it's probably just a simple case of perineal tenosynovitis. But if you start getting better and then your recovery slows down, you more likely have a case of perineal tendonitis. Tendinitis will often continue to improve if you keep doing those treatments, but it will just take a bit longer, so you have to be patient. Now, if you're doing all the stuff that should decrease the inflammation and take the stress and strain off the tendon, but you're not improving, you may wanna get a second opinion. You should definitely get a second opinion if you plateau and are no longer improving, if you're worried you might have a misdiagnosis and your doctor might be wrong, if your doctor tells you to simply stop running and stop exercising altogether. But assuming you've got the right treatment you do everything right and you get better the next thing is to prevent it from coming back now this may sound obvious but the only way to make sure Perineus brevis tendonitis doesn't come back is to not stress the tendon in the same way that caused the initial injury Don't run on loose surfaces. Don't run on the same side of the road all the time. Alternate your shoes and vary your footwear so you're not always subjecting the tendon to the same sort of stresses. And above all else, once the inflammation goes away, start strengthening the peroneus brevis muscle so it won't fatigue as quickly. A strong peroneus brevis muscle will be way less prone to re-injury because it will be able to work harder for much longer before it fatigues. So here are some simple ways that runners can strengthen and rehabilitate the peroneus brevis. There are many different exercises that can help you strengthen it. If the perineus brevis is particularly weak because you immobilized it in a cast or a fracture walking boot for several weeks, you can actually start strengthening it just by doing the ABC exercises. To do these, all you have to do is sit on a couch, on the floor, or in bed, and then move your big toe around in the air as if you're trying to write letters in the air. Trace your big toe in the air to write the letter A then trace your big toe in the air to write the letter B, then C, etc., all the way to Z. Do the whole alphabet. All of that motion fires the peroneus brevis. It may sound silly to you, the idea of doing ABC's routines and moving your big toe around the air and calling it exercise, but if you have been immobilized in a cast or in a fracture walking boot, you might actually be surprised to discover that the muscles in your leg are actually sore the day after you do this routine. This is obviously very low stress and very low risk, and a simple way to start the rehab process. Another exercise is to use a big rubber band called a theraband to strengthen the perineus brevis. All you have to do is tie it into a big loop. Hook one end of the loop around a heavy coffee table and then stick your foot inside the theraband loop so that it wraps around the little toe joint. Then put your heel on the floor and twist your foot outward away from the coffee table so that you're moving your little toe away from the coffee table and against the theraband pushing into the theraband. You can also do isometric exercises. You can even do these when you're sitting at your desk, working at a computer, or suffering through some boring meeting. All you have to do is sit with your feet on the floor and straighten your legs out straight in front of you. Cross your legs and then put your little toe joints together. Squeeze them together as if you're squishing a grape between your little toe joints. This isometric exercise does a great job of selectively firing and strengthening the perineus brevis muscles. You can also order a thing called a wobble board and then use this to deliberately strengthen all the muscles supporting the ankle, including the peroneus brevis. Now the bottom line with treating peroneal tendon injuries is to make sure that you know exactly what the problem is. Then you want to treat it as quickly as possible. You also want to make sure you maintain as much activity as you can while you continue to heal. Reduce the inflammation first. Decrease the stress and strain on the tendon, but don't just lock yourself up in a boot for weeks if you don't really need it. Don't stop running unless it is really required to heal. Be creative. Think about how you can use different running shoes and different surfaces to decrease the stress and strain on the tendon while you continue to maintain your fitness. Figure out what's best for you. As a runner, you really have to make sure you're getting the most appropriate treatment for you with your potential to heal with your particular injury and in a way that will help you maintain your fitness and keep on track with your running goals. As soon as you get done listening to this, go to DocOnTheRun.com, go to the podcast show notes page for this episode, and check out the video I created to show you exactly how to run on the right side of the road when you have Perineus brevis tendonitis. It's all free. Go get it now. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me, and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.